Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Brain Trust Podcast, coming at you once a week from everywhere. <laughs> everywhere uh, you can imagine. All the pods. My name all possible pod angles. Is Well, I guess it's not actually... This is, I'm really bad at figuring out what's wrong with our feed. You might never what? hear this. Uh, <laughs> I'm Adam Bass, and I'm a tabletop game designer in Glendale, California. I'm Willie Epps. I'm a tabletop game designer lost in the void and the feed. Where are we? If you are listening <laughs> to this, please tell us how. Yeah, I we uh, use Squarespace for the brain trust like archives and we also use it to kick out the podcast feed and that's the extent of what i know and how to deal with it uh and we've noticed in the past couple weeks that episodes aren't going out to the podcasts app i didn't even listen to last week's and i usually listen to this show um maybe we should form like kind of work backwards firm it for an ARG like this is a game we're making and mm. so finding the podcast is the first step <laughs> You have to really want it. Like, what I do, I, uploading the episode makes no sense. Every time I do it, it's a little bit different, so maybe that's it. But anyway, we're, we're talking about online games, games online. We're, we're doing the double week. Double week? Every week now, instead of every other week. And so we're going to, like, kitbash a game together. Double week. Welcome to the double week. Uh, and then on the other weeks, like last episode, we'll just uh, have a very smart, brainy discussion, two brains melding together, mind link, talk about burritos and shit. Yeah. I mean, you edited it, but do you ever listen to them as like a listener? Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll typically do that. It's it's I've been a little bit um in my own head recently, so I haven't done it this time. Um but yeah, how come? Is it good? Do you think uh, it's good? <laughs> I don't think it was good. I, <laughs> I I don't remember it being good. It was but, good. I listened uh, to it. It was frantic. It seems frantic. Yeah. Um how do we how do we counteract the franticness? I just woke up from a nap. Do you think that you kind of hear that in uh yeah in, in the, the fry. fry? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think let's just get right into making something. Uh, going off of what we were talking about last week, games online and playing games online, games designed for online, video games. <laughs> Digi um, games, digital games, <laughs> digital gaming, digi digi games are the champions. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna design or like yeah, kit bash something that is for online play. Last week we talked a little bit about things that are important or like valuable for specifically online stuff, especially uh porting tabletop things to uh, the digital space, the quarantine zone. And we kind of rushed it because we had other stuff to do. <laughs> so let's make just like a quick bullet point list of, you know what? Fuck it. We already did it. We <laughs> may or may not use the uh, stuff we established last week as precedent for what we do right now. Probably not. I don't Yeah, We'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. And maybe by starting about like, you know, what, what makes a 
digi-game to digital monsters, something that you like, you know, the things you're looking for in a game and the things you don't see. Yeah, I think, so, right away there's obviously uh, a lot of, there's a lot of functional difference between playing in an online space and playing in a physical real world space. Um, The first right now we're on audio only like i can't see you and we're not physically in the same place so i could be doing anything and like i could have anything what are you doing and what do you have what i'm actually doing is just leaning over the mic and i have nothing i usually am like fidgeting with something i'll just like push an eraser around the table or what whatever i'm sure some of it gets in the uh, the audio, and it's real treasure for you. Um, I've got uh, yeah, I've got a big um, apple that I'm gonna crunch. Some dice that I'm have moved all to the number two. I don't know why. I think that's important. It should be on twos. And I got I got big <laughs> two. I'm also hunched over the mic. There's something innately interesting though of like it's a hidden information game that we're having right now while we chat. And that information is, what are they doing? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to kind of further this by just turning my computer screen off and just fully being in a dark room right now. And that has completely changed how I'm thinking about the podcast. I just turned it down. Oof, oof. Are you still there, Adam? Please say something. Great. I am, so far. <laughs> um, yeah, What? It, so I like this idea of having information that I can keep private, whether that be I have access to some rules that you can't see or some, like, real world. A thing that uh, I want from digital gaming, <laughs> which is annoying is because it's innately not digital, is something to do that takes me outside of the... 12 inch yes. computer screen just uh thinking about the what we just were bullshitting about which is like the things around us and what we're doing what about some kind of like found footage element where the game is uh, uploading pictures or small video of things around you and you're piecing together you know some kind of ghost story or some weirdness or it could be more pastoral than that but like the game is played at these stuttery yeah, so, elements that, you know, every five minutes you have to take a picture of something and then upload it to a Discord channel or something like that. That's interesting because if you think of, like, a lot of city building or exploring kind of games that have that use playing cards or tarot cards, where it's like the number is a value and the suit generally, or or at least the color, is a second value. But, like... In front of me, I have things that have almost immeasurable mm. values, or maybe like um, to like really dilute it uh, to say like if you can reach something red from this, then you get oh. to do X. Um, like it's almost like I spy, but you can't spy what I'm spying. <laughs> um, I love that. And it, so it allows for like surprises and uh, yeah, like things that I could introduce that maybe you couldn't introduce or vice versa. And that introduction in itself ha- is 
innately surprising to anyone else because they don't know what space you're occupying. And it's building like a perception connection that doesn't actually matter what the things are, but what they represent. And so like, that's I was uh, just rereading John Boyce's uh, 17776, which is one of the best pieces of game writing ever in history. But in the beginning, uh, there is a satellite um, that needs to be turned on by another one. And they have this like extremely long communication window and like it's very heartbreaking and good and um that just you're you know finding an object a whole part of that is the one satellite speaking to the other one is like hey look for this thing i i know you have it and i know you can do it and i can't communicate until you send it back to me or something like that and having having yeah, like, I like um, that that kind of drip communication cuz something I think something with online games is that it you have this like consistent, fully, full like you're you're always talking, right? What if there was a lot more quiet and a lot more like independent searching, like you're describing of, you know, find something red or what's the heaviest thing around you or something like that. Yeah, I like that, and it also brings in this sort of like subjectivity, like in the symbols and guide, like the nearest thing that. I see that's red is my recording interface. But then just beyond that, there's like literally a tube of red ink. And on my other side, there's a red tape gun that I've been using for packing games. So like the recording interface, what do I get out of that? I get, there's like something with sound. There's something with, again, like interfacing, like yeah. technology uh, integration. Um, then there's the ink. It's wet, which is different and distinct from all the other red things near me. Uh, like there's all these qualifiers. So what, when I, when I'm told to find something red and use that as my next thing, uh, there, there's a lot yeah. of potential. My desk is a mess. So I could literally find something for like pretty much any right, qualifier exactly. right now. And, um, but not everyone lives that style. And then that, also brings in uh, its own unique thing. Like I only have this one red pen. So like you're forced to find meaning in that. So thing. say it's like you're, you're both on either side. Maybe it's a two player game or more. I think easily it could be more, but someone like sets the prompt, find something red or find something round. And you all come back and build this kind of diagram with all the parts just, but built out of adjectives. Um, so, like, as you said, the interface is about interfacing with technology, and it's probably got some hard-molded plastic, and the ink is wet, and I'm looking in front of me, like, I have dice here, which, like, are random elements, and I have, like, a, a whiteout tape, which is a removal thing. So, like, how could we build a complex machine to, like, enhance our connection that way? And so, what if... What if even beyond that, this is less of, this is an aspect of a game instead of being its own innate game where we're like, now we have something interfacing, wet, sticky removal. Like we have these keywords that we just created. Um, that is now our like goal or our villain or whatever. Um, and we're building more trad framework from yeah. these keywords that we introduce. Um, and then you could similarly do that uh, with like, so that I'm thinking of it all as kind of setup. You want 
your, your character and maybe your character can only be made from things with hard edges, oh. sharp edges. Yeah. Okay. There's that's a thing. Then or like each class or playbook. This playbook is only hard edges. This playbook is things that uh are are malleable um whatever like different qualifiers for different purposes then you still have your kind of journey or quest or whatever story kind of again like whatever the game is and you use those aspects of real things around you that are unique to you to solve those problems and then you also have this cool thing like we just did of combining elements from other people's experience or or vicinity to generate whether they be problems or solutions or moments or whatever yeah like the the game provides these stock problems and you with your like found objects create the solutions for people yeah i like that a lot yeah i like that i like the stepping away part of playing a lot like the discreet putting down and being quiet and then coming back and then you're like, okay, here's what I got. Like it's a, you know, so, people in the back room situation. I like that. Or maybe even it's a timed thing. You have yeah, 20 seconds to find an item that qualifies. And if you don't, then that's like a bad thing too. It's penalized in some way. Yeah. Um, but let's say we nailed one, this found item integration. And then let's bring the the sort of like time elapsed time and quiet and like this is a this is a prompt now for the second one you want to take a break and then we'll dig into that one yeah that sounds great back and we're gonna talk about another game <laughs> another design yeah we just cranked that one we really just uh stamped it gripped it and ripped it got it got it off to the notary public already and they're gonna seal it it's all good to go how's the notary doing nowadays i want i bet they're essential for whatever that's worth yeah stay safe out if you're a notary public write us <laughs> Come come into the Brain Trust Discord. Um, yeah, so we just did uh, kind of a found objects thing. Uh, now what we, we touched on a little bit, like this idea of different paces of play and a pace of play being, uh, you know, you're on for a period of time and then off, like having a discrete downtime during a game and how to build around that in uh, a digital, like playing games over the internet. Uh, as most games so, are just a constant free-flowing conversation, how do we how do we change the way people communicate as a piece of the game framework? Yeah, I played a game with John on the uh, Brain Trust Discord recently. We played Our Time on Earth by Alex Roberts, where we wrote to one another in character uh, as aliens who were visiting Earth, and the game asks you to set up a time restraint uh, mm. a, t- a time frame in which you engage and it's supposed to be like 
every day for six days or every week for six weeks. There's, there's six times that you engage with one another. And when we started, we were doing it every day. And then I just spaced for a couple of days and we came back or we would talk out of character and be like, hey, this prompt, let's change it to this to make it fit what we're doing a little bit. But we started treating it where it was, it took longer than six days. It probably took two weeks for us to play. But it was like a play-by-post card almost where okay. we treated our emails like, hey, I just got your thing. I was living my life in the time between then and now, and here's what happened. And then almost like information digests, right? The space yeah. between active play is, exists in the world that you're playing in, but uh, you're obviously not actually doing it. Um, I think it's an interesting like play-by-post play that integrates the time elapsed between posts i see yeah this i'm thinking is more of a real-time dilution to that where uh instead of days it's seconds or minutes okay what what about having the actual seconds between speech be quantified somehow so like you have this bullet list of intervals of time and you have to have a conversation that involves every interval up to a second Ooh. to a minute and a half or something like that. Did you ever read, I think it was called The Skeletons. Um, oh, Jason Bully Morningstar. Pulpit, pulpit. Yeah. Yep. No, I haven't. The, so it's about skeletons that like exist in a dungeon as protectors of the dungeon. Um, and then every length of time... You have the like adventurers who come in and slash you with swords and you're vanquished. They get what they want or don't, and then they go away. And then time passes and you kind of exist in like a quantum state. Yeah. And then more adventurers come and they slash you and et cetera. So you're this like regenerating passive kind of being. Like you don't get to have your own quest. You're just sitting in the dungeon waiting for someone to come whoop your ass and then time goes away but as part of it it'll be like okay sit in a room that's completely dark for 10 seconds and this represents one year that you've been inactive in the dungeon mm. and when the lights come back on you do these prompts and stuff you're basically like considering your past and the situation that you found yourself in whether by choice or not, probably, because it's like necromancy, whatever. But it ends up, that length of time that the lights go out increases as the game goes on to like represent longer gaps in time oh, wow. that you're yeah. inactive. So there could be an, this analog. I like what you're saying with the conversation because there's innately a lot of like intrigue and drama, even just to the subtleties of conversational pacing waiting a second versus two seconds which is like not something that you think about you're not having a, a chat with a stopwatch in your hand but there's a very natural thing to that uh yeah in conversation and if it's like for example you're trying to talk over on a radio to somebody and you know the exact times that it won't be um 
surveilled. Like you're behind enemy lines or something and you're trying to like send love letters or something to someone across town. And you know this these times that you can speak and the lengths of time that you can speak and the intervals between that and it builds through... Oh, yeah, okay, check this out. Uh, something that happens all the time in online games is crosstalk and talking over each other. As someone on a podcast with Will Yopes, you know that this happens. <laughs> so a part of the game is having silently and harmoniously communicating and choosing these intervals. And once you've chosen how long and how long you're going to talk for and how long you're going to wait, you have to do it. And so you are just like speaking through these these things and maybe they're like actual prompts of what to say for each thing like you know wait 10 seconds and then talk for a minute about you know the time before maybe it's like an occupation thing or something like that the time before the occupation where you could go to the museum and what you saw at the museum and if you fuck up the amount of time you know you only run out of the waiting times and so you end up having to interrupt and like I kind of like that, like, um, really forced and awkwardness and how beautiful and harmonious it could be. Like, it's like programmed movement in like a strategy game where you're like on, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but a lot of uh, games that have like programming or engine building where you have to do steps X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like you're almost programming your, your conversation and innately there will be, like, oh, in 10 seconds, I'm going to start talking for 20 seconds. And then you have it, oh, in 15 seconds, I'm going to start talking for 15 seconds. Like, the last 15 seconds of what I'm saying is going to be simultaneous with the 15 seconds you're saying. But you can't, like, change your mind, necessarily. Yeah, like- so there becomes this cool dissonance of, like, how much can I listen to the other person or how much can I even like attend to the words that are coming out of my mouth? Because I just have to keep talking. Yeah. And then you could quantify like the amount of listening and active engagement that you're doing with the other person versus conversation starters or, uh, or anything like that. So it's like building this wild active listening thing while you're still, um, fighting for time. So like, let's say a round starts and you both reveal the amount of time you're going to be quiet and the amount of time that you're going to speak. And you choose which one you do first. And the first round, it's just one card or whatever, you know, that says talk for a minute, be quiet for 30 seconds. And when, uh, as the game progresses, you know, you've got a hand of cards and you have to like build this tableau of what you're going to do. And then you just have this conversation with somebody like, but you're just looking at the cards and listening and you've got a stopwatch or whatever. And, oh, I like that. I want to play that. It sounds brutal. Like, it, yeah, it could be. <laughs> it sounds mind heartbreaking. <laughs> also, yeah. I was thinking, too, I know we talk about the show and this character of Desmond. Yes. From Lost. Oh, our favorite. He's our, he's the Rachel's mascot. <laughs> Uh, in eight years on Christmas, I'm going to call you, Penny, and you need to answer the phone. It's crucial that you answer the phone in eight years from now. Yeah. And then when he calls, he has however long, like, oh, there's only enough energy to keep you on the phone for 30 seconds. But it's eight years from now. You have 30 seconds to say what you want. She 
you told her she's you're gonna call, so you're gonna call and have this call. But yeah, you have to say what you want in a limited time frame. Convey the information that you need to convey. Yeah, which is one that you love. You love Penny, <laughs> and <laughs> two <laughs> that you're on an island and you need her to come get you. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then that's really great. Uh, and I think having a mix of those times and like actual prompts and building up towards the five card draw where you have to work through the five cards and you're kind of building up and you've got this learned, it tutorializes you basically to this very hard challenge. Um, and between, this, between I, card draws and tableaus, you are maybe years are passing or months are passing. So you fill each other in on the, the time that you've been apart. It can be different for the different characters too. Yeah. Like time passes different on the island. Oh, man. And then I also was just thinking of like when Charlie interacts with Penny, Penny's trying to call Des but doesn't know, right? So like she has a very limited time frame to convey important information. Spoiler alert for season three <laughs> of Lost. <laughs> this is like 2008. I feel fine. So. Then Charlie has mere seconds to convey the information he learned from Penny to Desmond before catastrophe. Right. So you almost have a, this game of telephone where the calls that you're making are timed in extreme, like they can be extreme. Like the Charlie, you have five seconds to convey the last minute to Desmond. Like, how do you dilute that? And also, if you fail, something extremely bad will happen if he doesn't have the necessary information. Yeah, like you you have to pick some of the options from like prompt list two that are, you know, always be quiet. That's like an extreme one or always be talking or talk in circles or repeat something or because it's speech, you can like pick all these like tricks to do like it has to rhyme or something like that or. Yeah, um, that game I was posting a couple weeks ago, uh, Inhuman Conditions, right. which is uh, like the Turing test from Blade Runner. Um, the I, they don't call them they they're probably just robots. I was gonna say they're not replicants in the game, but anyway, um, Cylons. They have to follow particular lingual or body language rules that make them seem. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't even say it's uh, nervous or whatever. It just makes them act in a way that they maybe wouldn't. But in the same way, a human character in the game, because you're on a time crunch and because you don't want to lose, you're acting, I guess erratic is like a, a good way to, uh, to qualify it. Mm -hmm. um, having these prompts that emulate natural aspects of failures of speech or, uh, or complications of, speech of language. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like speak faster than you normally would. Oh no. Okay. now I'm speaking as fast as I can, but I'm not really thinking about each word that's coming out because I'm focusing on the speed. Like already there's just a different qualifier, but yeah. it's not like I'm saying, you know, like gibberish. It's still to, to you maybe normal or like excusable. 
And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there with prompts that mimic or uh, highlight elements of speech that maybe you don't consider qualifiers, but on, or subconscious on some subconscious level, they are qualifiers for very particular behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like that as a metaphor for like syncing up communication wise, like when you are enacting that speaking faster or speaking slower and more steady or with a higher pitch voice or lower pitch voice or something like that, um, you are forced to do that by the game so you can get to it's like what happens when you when you mess up or you're not in the full drift basically so like having that synchronicity and then going in for the just like pure your normal voice conversation with a different timing thing i think that's some really attractive compelling gameplay (laughs) um and i imagine it like as a as a set of cards and the cards you are different colors maybe there's like three different colors and if you whatever per round it turns out that like oh all red cards have this complication for you so you have to for those times of speaking in silence you have to be for example uh speaking in short really choppy sentences and that's how you do or you know for blue cards this round it's normal but for yellow cards you have to yellow card hello um, <laughs> you have to only speak in references or talk obliquely about what you mean. So it's, yeah, I think it just needs a good theme, and then that's a game. Uh, I think too for digitizing that aspect. Uh, when I first played for the Queen, it was online and it was before the game was released, and uh, it was done through PowerPoint. Like each of the questions or cards was on a slide, and I guess there's a way through present Google presentation or PowerPoint or whatever to randomize slide order. Mm. Um, there you go. Cards in a digital space that don't require you to know how to like program on roll 20 or something. And you can both look at like you have a shared play space and then you just drag in a card and you make your tableau. So the other person can see what you're making, but they don't know the particular challenge you have or whatever. And the goal, like the goal is all aesthetically to have like just a beautiful, exchange like an elegant exchange and you're working against this the tools of the game to get that that's gonna feel really good when you get that you know that last round of five cards and you just are weaving through you basically deck build a deck of awkward conversation (laughs) and (laughs) i like it being like monitored conversation like you said or otherwise like information that is privileged that needs to be relayed in some way that you can't just say what you want to say. Yeah. Well, then maybe, you know, there's there's some different frames. Like, say you are some hacker guy person in an attic, and someone is like a, a mind construct through a computer. And so you're monitored by a firewall or something. Or you're, you know, sending letters... Or you're speaking through, like, a magic mirror, and there's a necromancer who... An evil wizard you know, whose mirror it is, so you have to, like, speak through the correct, you know, magical games or something like that. Yeah. Even just, like, you're under investigation, so your phone's tapped, but you're calling someone who you need to do a job. Yeah. Like, you need to get these points across, but if you 
say a certain thing, you're like you're busted. Yeah. Or you're, uh, you're, you know, under occupation and your crush is across town and you want to figure out how you're getting out of here. All good. All good ideas. Cool. Hey, uh, I, I want to make there's that. There's two. Bazinga. <laughs> I want to take a break and talk about one more. Yeah, let's do it. back to the brain trust brain podcast we made two good games i have an idea for a third one but i need your help adam <laughs> take me to the place <laughs> so we're playing uh we're playing gamma world first edition uh, through the brain crust brain crust discord if you want to join let me know it's a rad marches thing so anyone that wants to play can anyway some people couldn't play at the right moment and they just came in and listened which is cool. I haven't really done that before. So how do we, what kind of game could we make that incorporates less completely active players? Like players that can only listen or type or can play for a little bit or not. Like how do you, what's a satisfying game experience that incorporates either an active chat or passive listeners or anything like that? Uh, first of all, I'd like to not gloss over the fact you said brain crust, and it sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> brain crust. That's some. There's something there. The brain crust. Um, let's 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 put a pin in that and come back at the end. What the brain crust is. <laughs> uh, so my first idea is like, uh, not quite fly on the wall, which is what I what I am envisioning the experience that happened being like. You know, like if you're just listening you're not interacting and except for like your presence is known. Um, but what if I'm picturing, I'm thinking more like a ghost, like a something that can have influence. It's presence can be influential, but also like it can knock over a lamp and then maybe it pieces out, you know, like it has, um, however much, involvement it wants to have but it's not necessarily the core exploration of the game right that there are that allows for drop in and stuff yeah it's like the call whatever call you're on is the haunted house yeah say you have and this is cool because i'm picturing let's let's maybe focus on how it works with discord since that's how this started yeah because you have the voice chat and you have channels you could easily have this set up so that like the spectral players have a channel with in which they can work in whatever their ways are or even uh like you said with like rad marches it could be like a logbook. yeah like i was here and i did this and then i pieced out um so the ghosts can have more direct communication with one another that doesn't show their cards to these players who maybe, maybe that humans only exist in the voice chat 
Yes. Or maybe, you know, like, like I, you I, said, I, we're exploring, we're dictating the things that we're seeing. I'm thinking like a Zach Baggins, like ghost hunters, where you say like every motion that you're going through because it's for air, air quotes, an audience. Yeah. Um, so we have our ghost hunters who are the hosts of the game and the focal, the lens through which the story's told. But any player has this avenue, even like you said, if you see a username in the voice chat and there's no voice coming from it, mm-hmm. like I, that's, I sense that's something a ghost. over. Yeah. Wow. That's a ghost. <laughs> I love this. I don't even want to speak and just let you narrate this. Like, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And then think too of like, you go into to a house, you're expecting it to be haunted. No ghosts show up. That's even you're work. still like yeah. doing your investigation. It's still a game. It still functions. Ugh. and the ghosts can they can listen to the chat and then have their own text chat going. I really like how you've incorporated like it's not disruptive to either party. They are still doing the the game experience and just incorporates this asymmetrical. You know, the ghosts are all plotting and maybe they can deliver they can give spectral messages to the players and so then they're directly incorporated into what's going on and so i think too you have this unique aspect of like ghost politics yeah of like i'm a scary ghost and i'm here to scare these fools and then there's like caspers in the chat and it's like (laughs) hey bud we got caspers in the chat like I'm not about this life. I might be a ghost, but I'm not like you. So maybe we should pull back on like the murdery stuff. Like they have their own game that's happening, like you said, in parallel asymmetrically to the investigators game. And but they're the same world. They're interacting in the same game. Yeah, and the the paranormal hunters only speak in voice and the ghosts can only speak through text. And so Yeah, that's really cool. A piece of it is that when the ghosts are when you have some ghost unity, it affects every single player. Like, it's a house-wide action. But otherwise, the ghosts can only handle rooms and, and single players like that. So when the haunt is happening, the capital H haunt, like, it's all the ghosts aligned and the ghost hunters, like, all as one describe what they're doing as a unit. So it's like this, you know, it's a moment that probably... I see this game being, like, an hour long or something like that. Like... Just, yeah, just it doesn't real quick. I mean, hits. it could be a pick up and play kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I also really like like you're saying where ghosts interact with text and humans interact with voice. But Discord has you have like you can categorize channels. Yeah. So maybe there's a private ghost channel that the ghosts interact with one another. But then there's also like the dining room channel, the upstairs bedroom <laughs> channel. So like yeah, you're... we can look in there. Fuck. <laughs> We're not, and we can be like, is anybody in here? And like, maybe there's not, but maybe we look, we like log into the master bedroom channel and it looks like somebody was here minutes prior and did like turned on the water. Yeah. And you, you create a log, like the ghost can hop into the dining room channel and be like, I smash a plate. I open some drawers and I shake the chandelier and then they, they dip out to go to another one. And when the ghost hunters coming through, they click that channel and they're narrating like, and I'm walking into the room and the chandelier (laughs) shaking and there's pieces of plate all over the ground. 
And then you're trying to catch up and see the ghosts happening live. And when it's happening live, you're like ultimately freaked out. Like it's it's like when that oh my god, seeing the words like ghost one is typing is like the hair standing up on the back of your neck, <laughs> <laughs> like ectoplasm in the room. That's amazing. There's a whole nother level of yeah, like tech integration or app integration that I didn't consider. It's like you know when somebody's there. Beyond just like a voice in the a ghost in the room when there's a a voice in the chat that's not talking like to see something typing to see who's online and who's away and you can also like with privacy settings be like i'm offline wink wink like you can present yourself as offline yeah and still take part shit there's all this cool yeah integration into discord and using roles and servers and stuff to really like ramp up as much as you want, make it as like integrated or leveled as you want. And like the act of adding new channels, like if the ghosts are aligned, they can add like the secret sub sub basement and like, you know, deep in the attic. So when you enter, you only know a little bit about the house, like what you would see and uh, cursory information. Yeah. And you're kind of building it out like betrayal at the haunted house on the haunted hill or whatever. And yeah, that's really good. Also, I that makes me think of the Winchester house. Yes. Where they're constantly adding rooms. Uh Yeah, I guess that betrayal emulates that in a in a much more like gamey way, but you're building on Yeah, uh, I don't think it would be as fun. You don't want the investigator to know like oh, the kitchen is where the most hauntings are. So we're going to go straight there and find some hauntings. You know, like I want the pure exploratory nature of it yeah and imagine how much fucking fun it would be on either side like i can't tell which side i want to play more like being the ghost yeah. hearing like an investigator freak out when they see you and uh or being the investigators like all talking to each other on walkie talkies or or maybe one of them has to get disconnected from the voice call like that's what happens when you're in a room with a ghost like you have to stop oh, wow. stop your call and then once you get out you come back in and you're like holy shit holy shit <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. This is really cool. Shit. I want to play that. I think those three winners. Those are three winners everybody. Uh wow. I'm kind of proud of us right here. Yeah. Uh <laughs> we don't like edit I mean we don't really edit down bad ideas. We just talk about them until they're good. <laughs> yeah, I think uh the like theory stuff, we've definitely like found our rhythm of here's a prompt, what do we do with it? <laughs> like the zine one I think we crushed too. Yeah. All of those were pretty good. Yeah. Uh if you thought just a, if you listener thought these were good, why don't you fucking rate us? Let me look at our ratings. I said last time that you should get us up to ten. Let's see how we're doing. Well, to be fair, it was only one week, and half of our listeners probably didn't get it in their podcast app. It's been what's the name of this podcast? Is it loading? The Brain Trust. Brain. Crust? I think it's just Brain Trust. Brain Crust podcast. We might have to rebrand. <laughs> We bake bread now. <laughs> no, y'all, I'm disappointed in you. Mm. Damn. Really doing me dirty like this, huh? Well, here's another opportunity where 
we've proven our we've proven our merit. Yeah. Now go tell tell everybody about it. Look at your Zoom device. <laughs> look at our look at Whoa. look at the the sound waves. My first uh, MP3 player was called a bean, <laughs> and it was shaped like a little bean. <laughs> And have you ever seen one? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, I was 19, so this was 13 years ago. Damn. And it had like a switchblade USB thing. Like you pull back this plastic thing, and the USB stick would like pop out. That's pretty cool. Uh, I think I fit maybe 10 albums on it. God, I think mine was the iPod Shuffle. Classic, the little like square one. No, the uh, like the one that was like a vape pen now. Oh, I'm thinking of the Nano. Yeah, I know. I had to shuffle as my mom's. And I remember knowing, having perfect knowledge of where the songs were. Because I never wanted to shuffle it. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like a nightmare. We're not being able to control things. Yeah, you could listen to straight through, you know, your, your memory. But, wow, that would be a cool game. Uh, <laughs> Let's save it. Next week, audio audio games yeah music audio games awesome well uh should we talk about what the brain crust is or just kind of leave that up if you think you got a good idea for what brain crust is let us know (laughs) yeah uh we'll just start operating a podcast and discord as the brain crust and see how long it takes that's our arg (laughs) like see how long it takes for someone to figure out they're like the diabolical brain trust yeah, and we are like the Splinter Hell version. Like, <laughs> that's where Adam Yopes and Will Vass are. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, let's wrap it up. This is yeah. a good one. Uh. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at WC Game Co. Not posting a whole lot, but I'm still doing stuff. <laughs> I just published a three day weekend, so hey, that's out nice. now. And if you signed up before. A couple days ago on my Patreon, you're going to get that Risograph printed scene in the mail. What's that uh, Patreon link for fools that aren't a part of it? I think it's worldchampgameco.patreon.com. Radical. Uh, I'm Will Yopst. I'm on will.com. Uh, we are under construction, so come back later. Uh, <laughs> watch this space for Will content. Um yeah, and and guide is shipping. It's all it's all shipped. So it's almost done. Yeah, it's almost I, all uh, shipped. The lockdown is happening. So yes, but I've got everything that. in a box now, ready to take to one final destination, uh, the post office <laughs> drop-ins, where Adam will die in a, a Rube Goldberg style giz- gizmotic <laughs> machine. Brad, uh, yeah, well, we'll be back in your feeds for a hangout episode next time. Or a standard episode. It also occurs to me that uh, today, Tuesday, Tuesday? Tuesday. That this episode goes up is when the guide digital release will go wide. So people who uh, want it didn't back it on Kickstarter. It will be on worldchampgameco.itch.io. Also, all the resources, the printable stuff that you need is at worldchampgame.co slash guide. Uh, all the character sleeves and printables and all that stuff. Yeah, and if you want the physical version, you can find that on the World Champ Game Co. site as well. Yep, those will start shipping. I We had a, a handful of pre-orders since the Kickstarter. Uh, those are going to ship out this week as well. People like it. That's cool. 
it's good. It's awesome to see. Yeah. Every time someone posts on Twitter, like, I can't believe it, it's here. I'm like, hell yeah, it's here. Yeah, you, <laughs> you better believe it. Awesome. But, yep, till next week. <laughs> keep it real in a time of realness. That's how I've been signing Brain off emoji. letters. I, I sent out a yeah, bunch of letters. And I'm like, uh, may you keep it real in the time of realness. Anyway. Yeah, you were saying you're you're listing a few emojis. Uh the brain emoji and the handshake emoji. Oh great. 